Hey everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. Turn in your, uh, get your Bibles if you will, and turn with me to the book of Mark chapter 4. As we've been following Jesus through the book of Mark so far, it's been amazing to see all of the different aspects of his ministry. Up to, up to this point, we've seen him casting out demons, we've seen him healing bodies, we've seen him forgive sin, um, we've also watched him deal with the opposition that was fierce, opposition, hating, uh, all of the haters, and yet... The story, chapter 4 does not start with Jesus having his feelings hurt and hiding out somewhere because he put a status on Facebook and either didn't get enough likes or the person that, they want, that he wanted to respond didn't or maybe he got some negative just seeing if I had the right crowd here uh, no, no, we don't see him even getting hateful. We don't see him gathering around with his disciples to plan revenge upon his haters. No, he stayed steady. His heart, his mind, his gaze was on the very purpose that he was here for. And he was going to fulfill his assignment. And he was not going to be distracted by all of the stuff going on around him. Is anybody with me? And we know that because we see it, but we also know that as we step into the parable that he is going to share today, which is, which is brilliant, genius. Of course, we can expect that because he is God in the flesh. But at the same time, it still amazes me at the power of this parable that we're going to read today. And this parable is going to start off a... a um, a series uh, of messages over the next few weeks, and I, was, I struggled with how to how to title the series, how to have a prosperous life, how to have an effective life, how to have a productive life, how to have a fruitful life, how to ha- how to live life to the full. There's so many things that's all chucked right into the passages that we're going to do, and and it doesn't matter where you are in life. There's something there for you. So let's just jump over into the passage, uh, chapter 4, verse 1. And again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. We've seen him do it before. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into the boat and he sat, and he sat, uh, sat it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. So we've watched the crowds continue to get larger and larger and larger. We started out seeing Jesus uh, teaching in a house, and the house was full, and there were people standing outside. We've watched that crowd grow from a full house all the way over here to where now he is standing outside and teaching. So just to, just to tell you this, <clears throat> next week we'll be out in the parking lot. Um, <clears throat> Because we got a full house, and we don't have any more room. <clears throat> anyway, 
uh, except for the first service. Um, he taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching he said, Listen! That's what he said. Listen! I don't know if he said, Listen! And he just... Give me some, what do you call that? Reverb or whatever you got? Listen. It's supposed to echo. Listen. Okay, they're not listening to me up there, so it don't matter. <laughs> uh, as he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path, and the birds came, and don't do it now because it's way too late, uh, came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it uh, didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants scorched. And they were withered because they had no root. I think that is interesting. That the very thing it has to have to grow was the thing that killed it. Remember that. And the reason was because the seed or the root did not go deep. Other seed fell among the thorns which grew up and choked the plants. So that, they grew, um, so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. Still other seed fell on good soil. How many of you want to be good soil? And it came up and grew and produced. It, it's a productive thing. Good soil produces a crop. So multiplying 30, 60, and 100 times what is sown. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. How many of you have ears to hear? Okay, please hear. How many of you know you can have ears to hear and not hear? Women know that. Our husbands have ears. <laughs> Sometimes they're not hearing. Am I right? Amen. Whoever is. <laughs> when he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. And he told them the secret of the kingdom of God. <clears throat> excuse me. The secrets of the kingdom of God have been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Jesus is saying that there are people that don't hear, that don't have ears to hear. Those people are ever, are ever listening but never hearing. Does that make sense? Ever looking but never seeing. And then he goes on to say, Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? If you don't understand this parable, he says, you've got to get this one first. And if you get this parable, all the others are going to start to make sense. The key to unlocking all the other parables, the key to unlocking all of my teaching, the key to unlocking it is in this. Is that amazing? I mean, we would, be, we would do well to memorize this entire passage because this is the key to unlocking so much treasure in the Word of God. And so he goes on. The farmer sows, what's that, what's that say? The farmer sows the Word. So we know that the seed being talked about in this parable is... The Word of God. Some people are like seed along the path where the Word is sown. Now, they are, um, the ground is hard, right, along a path. Where the Word is sown, as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the Word that was sown on it. So a path is hard, it's trodden. 
And when seed's thrown on it, it can't break through. And so it lays there for the birds to come and grab it. And that, who is the one that grabs it? He tells us who the birds are, right? Satan. Satan is the one that steals the word. You come in here, you hear a message. You read the word. You walk out the door, and you forget everything that you heard. What happened? You're, if your heart is hard, if your mind is hardened, if you're not receptive, the seed that you hear when you come in here just lands at the top of your mind, and as soon as you walk out the door, it's gone. And it never produces anything. Others, like seed grown in rocky places, hear the word, and at once they receive it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the worries of this life, the worries of this life, the worries, worries of this life. For some of you, you need the translation that says the concerns of this life. Because you think if you use the word concern, anyway. Um, still others, uh, see that quickly follow us. Still others, the, the deceitfulness of wealth. So he's telling us here that there's some weeds. I'm, I don't, I don't want to, I can't preach that yet, okay? And choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, produce a crop, some 30 some 60 and some 100 times what was sown. How many of you want to be that last one? The others are like the seed. Now, when he says others like seed sown, he's not saying that other people are like seed. He's saying other people are like the soil that the seed is sown into. On good soil, hear the word, accept it, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Everything that you and I need to live a fulfilled, productive life, a successful life, a prosperous life, a blessed life, everything that we need for that is found here in the Word of God. If God's Word is seed, that means that it is perfect. Am I, am I right about that? There, God's word's perfect. The seed of the word is perfect. If you're sowing in a garden, you could get some bad seed. And so then it's like, you know, you sow some. And I know I planted a seed there. It didn't grow up. But you, one of the things is, it could be other things, but you may have gotten a bad seed. But in the, in, in the word of God, there is no bad seed. There, it's perfect. So how can you take perfect seed and not get a crop? How can you have perfect seed and not have something come up? Because there are other things involved, and the soil is one of them. Now, here's one of the things you're going to learn. I am a, a professional gardener. You're going to learn that through this series. Um, I started this profession about three years ago um, watching YouTube. I decided that uh, we were going to start gardening. And it's, it's like, okay, I'm, not, I'm going to make sure that me and my family have some food. And um, I don't know what is going on up there. I don't know what Uncle Sam's 
anyway. I don't know, but one, one thing I do know is that I'm going to make sure I got some food and I'm going to feed my family. And if nothing else, we're going to have eggs and we're going to have vegetables. You're going to learn about all of the things that I've learned about gardening. Okay, this series is going to go through June of next year. <clears throat> or it may not even make it to next week if I teach you everything I know. Here's what I know. You have to be intentional. Even if you have perfect seed, you have to be intentional about putting that seed in the ground. How many of you know that? Or any of you sitting there saying, wow. <laughs> Nobody. Because we know that. And yet we know it in a natural sense, but we haven't discovered yet that, that God took a spiritual principle that existed first. All the earthly gardening, all this earthly seed sowing and harvest, all that is is a reflection of what already existed in the spiritual realm. We think that the physical came first. We think that gardening in the physical, we think that sowing seed in the physical came first. No, it already existed in the spiritual. And what you see happening is a reflection of what already existed. There was a law that already existed in the spirit realm, and that is the law of seed time and harvest. Already, it's already there, and nothing changes that. It will always be. Genesis said not only there's seed time and harvest, and there are, there's, there's winter, there's, there's uh, summer, spring, cold, warm, those things, and they're going to remain. Here's the thing. If we don't intentionally put the physical seed in the ground, in good, and we're going to get to the, the soils, um, in, in, in weeks. Right now, I want to talk about the seed. If we don't intentionally put the seed in the ground, not going to get a crop. Am I right about that? I mean, it would be, what if what Carla and I, Carla comes in one day and I'm standing at the kitchen window and I'm looking outside at all of our raised garden beds and I'm saying, honey, there's no corn. There's no beans, there's no snap peas, there's no kale, there's no lettuce, there's no turnips, there's no radishes, there's no carrots. There's just nothing. There's just nothing growing out there. And she would look at me and say, honey, how long ago, how long ago did you plant it? And I would say, huh? I didn't plant anything. I put the garden beds up. That's all you did? It's kind of like us. We're the garden bed. But we can look like a garden bed all day long. But if there's no seed in, there's no fruit out. Does that make sense to anybody? We have to be intentional about sowing the seed in our life. The seed is the word of God. And I think sometimes 
we don't fully understand. I think the enemy blinds us. Here's the thing. I'm praying that, that in this little series that the blinders come off, that the blinders just get removed so that we can begin to see that the Word of God has everything that we need to do life. Everything that we need to do life. And I think there are those moments when we're saying, oh, God, provide, we need finances, provide for us, Lord. We need you to come through. And he says, here's your seed. And we're saying, we don't want a seed. It takes too long. We want it now. And he's saying, I'm in the business of giving you seeds. I'll do it a miracle occasionally. I'll do a something occasionally. But here's the way I want you to learn to live your life. Not on the need for miracles, but learning that if you spend your life putting the seed of the Word of God in, you will always have a crop. Always. If you want... I want... I'll do some succession planning. I want um, not just to get my entire harvest of carrots at once. For that to happen, I need to plant carrots. And then I wait a little while. And then I plant some more carrots. And then I wait a little while. And I plant some more carrots. So I don't just harvest all of the carrots at once. I get to harvest carrots. And then I get to harvest carrots when those are gone. And then I get to harvest more carrots when those are gone. Are you, are you tracking with me? That is succession planting the seed. We need to be succession planting the seed of the Word of God so that something is continually growing in our life. Continually. But we're more like no intentional planting of the seed of the word of god something goes wrong and we we throw out the emergency thing that we give god the 911 call and he could sometimes he just immediately delivers he could say i gave you some seed and if you had planted the seed when i gave it to you you wouldn't be calling 911 right now is anybody tracking? This, this parable and what we're going to study has the potential to literally change your life. But here's what I want you to know. It's seed. It's seed. How many of you know a seed is not an apple? We don't want seed. We want the apple. But God is saying, if you will listen to me, I will give you a seed. You put that seed in the ground. That one seed is going to produce many apples. And in those many apples are going to be many seeds in each apple. And you could go for the rest of your life ever doing without an apple but you just want to eat the apple and throw it away and want me to give you another apple. That's why you're continually living short 
of finances. You're continually living short of joy. You're continually living short of peace. You're continually living short of of fulfilling relationships. You're continually living short of all the things that I have for you. Thus saith the Lord. You, you, are you listening to me? And he wants, he so wants to bless our lives. We're his kids. For Pete's sake. I never say that. <laughs> Just gotta, for Pete's sake. It's, <laughs> we're his kids. He loves us. He wants the best for us. He wants some amazing things for us. But until we get this principle, that everything in our life, you are living off of, let me, get, uh, let me go back to this point, it's seed. It's seed. You put a seed in the ground. And it takes time. And it requires patience. How many of you know that? You put a seed in the ground, you're not going to go out the next day and see a stalk of corn. You're not even going to go out the next day and see anything. Some plants, give them a week and you'll start to see something green pop up. Others, give them two weeks. It's just according to their time of germination. But you start to see something come up out of the ground. But still, that is not the fruit that you're looking for. It, 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 it gives you hope, telling you that I think I'm going to have it. But it's still, it's not the fulfillment of it. Am I right about that? But if you don't plant it, you never get it. It's seed. It takes time. And you are living, and I am living right now, not on the seed that, that we planted yesterday. Have you ever said, Bud, I just, I, I just don't know. I can't. I, I'm not sure what God is wanting of me. I don't know what God wants me to do. I, I feel all alone. I, and and, and you're, you're, you've got this struggle. You've got this struggle going on. And then my advice to you would be, get in the Word. Well, I, I've been doing that, but it's not helping. How often have you been doing that? And when did you start? Well, I started when things went kind of fell apart. Okay, the fall apart is the seed that you planted a year ago. Are you tracking? That's the fall apart. You know the reason most people can't really make it through marriage counseling? Is because we always look at what's the immediate thing that's going on and think that's the problem. No, the problem you have right now is because the seed or the lack of seed or the bad seed that you've been planting over the last year or two or three. And, it's, and it's, it's so interesting because people say, Bud, you told me I need a lover. Do you know what? For three weeks now, I have been pouring it on. And nothing's helping. She's not changed a bit. I quit. I'm not doing this anymore. I tried. No, wait a minute. Your marriage fell apart because... 
this is a one-sided thing. You can flip it. Because for the last three years, you have ignored all of the things that should have been going into that marriage. And right now, you're reaping all of that. And you're going to spend three weeks tossing out a few good seeds selfishly because you want her to meet your need. You're sowing seed because it's like, well, I mean, I don't, I'm tired of all this lack of peace and all of her yeah, 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 yeah going on. And Okay, let's go. Mm. Y'all know what's about to happen. Y'all know. Oh, I hate doing this because it looks, it looks so ugly on TV when you see all this junk down here. But I just got to talk to you for a minute. Seed. Everything you need in your relationships, in your marriage, your business, everything there's a seed for right here. Everything. See, there's seed that says, I know that guys used to, they're afraid to do it nowadays, but guys used to say, well, Bible says, you're supposed to obey me. Men got better sense than that now because they know. <laughs> Some of them still think it, but they don't verbalize it much. Bud, she's supposed to submit to me. Don't the Word of God say she's supposed to submit to me? It does. It also says you're, both to su you're supposed to submit to one another. I didn't know this was going to be a marriage conference, but... It also says, but it also says to love your wife as Christ loves the church. That's huge. That's huge. Now I'm going to tell you, I've seen a few women that are impossible to please. And it doesn't matter what you do. They're just cantankerous mean, and they just are. And you can love them to hell freezes over. Excuse me, I shouldn't have said that in mixed company. You can love them until you can skate on the gates of <laughs> above hot gates. <laughs> you can ice skate above hot gates. Anyway, um, and, and it, nothing's going to change because their hearts are so, so hardened and so far from God. Okay, but for the most part, very few people will not respond to love over time. Are you tracking with me? If you want to love her and you want her to feel it. See, a lot of times... <laughs> I get myself into these. Okay. <laughs> Bobby, I love you. Bobby's listening. He's wanting to eat. Tell me, brother, tell me how to do this thing. 
there's going to be a response, but it's over time because it's seed. You take the seed of the Word of God, the seed that says love her. Now, here's what God, God, give me love for my wife. I need love for my wife. I need to feel love for my wife. And he's saying, I'll give you a seed. I'll give you a seed. No, Lord, it's an emergency. I need it faster than that. And he's saying, no. But here's what I know. If I just give it to you, you're not going to know how to keep it. And you're not going to know where it come, came from. And you're not going to know, you're not going to know how to keep it growing. I've got to give you, I'm going to give you a seed, bud. And here's the seed. Love your wife as Christ loved the church. Now go figure it out. Go figure it. That's the seed. Isn't that the word of God? Hello. Now that's the seed. Go plant that seed in your life. Let the Holy Spirit start to turn that thing up inside of you and start to show you what some of that means and then begin to love. And here's the beautiful thing about it. It's the process. As we go through the process of planting and waiting and planting and waiting, it removes us from this place of, of this world that we live in where everything is about emotion. It's all about being in love or not in love. And you don't find any, you don't find that seed in Scripture. Is anybody with me? You don't find an in love seed in Scripture. You find many love seeds in Scripture. Because love is more than an emotion. More than an emotion. And so it's the things that I do. In, in, it's the things that I do now in my marriage that five years from now are going to come up. If I want a good marriage in five years, I've got to be sowing seed now. And if my marriage is a mess now, it's because five years ago, I started sowing bad seed or not sowing seed at all. And remember the word intentional. You remember that? Intentional. We have to be intentional about sowing the seed. Business. Business. Many years ago, I remember a businessman telling me, saying, Bud, you can't, you just can't be a businessman and be honest. He said, the world won't let you do it. He was a Christian man. And I'm sitting here thinking, wait a minute, that, that sounds like the wrong seed. How many of you think that sounds like the wrong seed? Because this, this seed has lots of things to say about how to do business. If you have ears to hear and are hearing it, I love the fact that even in simple little verses, if you look beyond, you can see the creativity. I'm not going to go into all this, but the, that first verse, again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowds gathered around him uh, were so large that he got into the boat, pushed out, sat out onto the lake while the people were along the shore and the water's edge. Okay, if you, if you just... Go fly through that. 
you're not going to see that there's some major principles in that one little verse that tells us, number one, Jesus was very creative. He didn't just go to the synagogue. Everybody goes to the church to teach and to preach. No, Jesus did that, but in this moment, he wanted to minister to these people. So he got creative. And in his creativity, there were several things that were involved. He was thinking of the people. How can I best minister to the people? But I also have to think that I've got to keep myself safe because of the crowd, this could get dangerous. But I need to be able to teach unhindered. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pull the boat off offshore. They're not going to get to me, but I will give them what they need most. They need my word most. And I think that's one of the things that Jesus is teaching here. They thought they needed his touch most. What they needed most was his word. They needed his word. We often come and say, I just need a touch from the Lord. No, you need a word from the Lord. A word from God because if a word seed gets inside of you, that affects everything. It affects your relationships. It teaches you how to do relationships. How do I treat people? Little seeds that we don't, some, we don't think about sometimes. Treating other people as, as you want to be treated. That's so simple. Because he's saying, you know how you want to be treated. Don't you? You know it. So Jesus makes it so simple. Since you know how you want to be treated, treat other people that way. <laughs> Is that simple? Do you know why we have such a hard time doing it sometimes? Because we've never taken that seed. We know it in our head. But we've never taken that seed and sown it in the good soil of our heart. And let it actually come up and begin to produce something more than just a head knowledge of that Bible verse. You tracking with me? It's seed. It has to be intentionally sown, but it is seed. It's going to require patience. We got those two down? Hey, y'all come sing Rocky Top again or something. I don't know. I come through the door. Service starting. I come through the door. I see barbecue grills, people passing out hot dogs. I see dogs. Running around tailgating back here. There was a couple of ladies that pulled out pom-poms. I don't know. I don't even know where they came from. And then as soon as the song was over, it was just like, whoop, it was gone. Where did you all hide all that stuff? <laughs> or maybe I was just seeing the game. I don't know. But And there's nothing wrong. There, listen, there's nothing wrong with getting excited about it. We just put the test out there. Nikki said, I think they love Jesus more than Tennessee. And I said, no, honey, believe me, they don't. And she said, Dad, I'm going to show you. And she said, we're going to start out with Rocky Top. Well, and, and I looked, and I mean, it was eh, not one person wasn't dancing in the room. From the front to the back, everybody. You know those people that say, well, bud, you know, I mean, I'm just one of those quiet kind of people. I just don't. Rocky Top goes off. Woo-hoo, yeah, yeah. So. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, Dylan. I don't know. I'll get myself in these places. Um, <laughs> i got to read one verse and then I'm going to shut up. <clears throat> but I left it up here. <laughs> I'm kidding, though. I know y'all love Jesus. I know y'all love Jesus more than Rocky Top. And, and we did that because after 15 years, that deserves a celebration. We... Less than a celebration for Jesus, but a celebration. The things we're going to get into is the seed is perfect. So if something is not being produced in our life, it's not the seed's fault. Are we all on the same page with that? But seed sown takes time. And the seed that you're sowing today, you're not going to benefit from for a year. And when you come to the Lord and you're asking him for, for answers to prayer, often what you're going to get is him saying, I'm not giving you what you're asking for the way you're asking for it, but I'm going to give you a seed. And what you do with this seed is going to do more than you can even imagine. When I teach this principle from where finances are concerned, there's so many people, it's like, Bud, that's not the gospel. That's not, that stuff is not the word of God. I mean, you don't get into that. No, 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 listen to me. Listen to me. When you, when God gives us a seed, you're having a financial difficulty. Oh, this is, yeah, okay. You're having a financial struggle, okay? And you're saying, God, I need you to provide for me. And he's saying, here's a seed. Now, I know. It's going to take a while for this seed to come up, but here's a seed. Sow it. Sow this seed, and we're not even going to be having this conversation a year from now. We're not going to be having this conversation six months from now. And if you keep on sowing, succession sowing. You ever read that little verse in Proverbs? Give the first fruits of our increase. First fruits go to him. See? I'm, I, I'm bound and determined to help you even though I realize that there are going to be some people say, here we go, honey, Mabel, it's the money talk. But I love, some, I love you enough that I'm going to risk that, okay? You sow the seed. You take the seed and you give it back to God. He says, here is a seed. that He provides seed Second Corinthians 9, he, pro, uh, he provides seed to the sower and bread for food. So not only does he give you, he will give you the bread for food right now, but he wants you to begin to live off of the, the harvest of the seed that you're planting. Make sense? So he gives that to you. Do you know how many things have to happen with the inside of our heart to give that away? You've got zero money and somebody walks up and hands you a $20 bill. And that $20 bill is a seed because it's not enough to cover near the things that you have need of. It's a seed. Now I'm holding in my hand seed that I can either eat and I get nothing else or I can sow it 
in the kingdom of God. And I promise you the kingdom of God is good soil. So you take that seed and you sow it. What does it do? Number one, it makes you trust. Trusting him starts to come to the top. It pulls that trust because it makes you go somewhere where you're not naturally going to go. So it pulls a place of trust as you take this and you turn that loose. Suddenly, you find yourself in this place. It, 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 it breaks down greed. I mean, there's so many things that that simple little task of sowing a seed in the kingdom of God does. So many things. And over time, you keep doing that. And I promise you, you sow that seed, you keep sowing that seed continually, consistently, succession, succession sowing, and you will never, never be without. I'm not saying there may not be changes, but you will never be without. I'm going to read this. Deuteronomy 8.3, and then I'm closing at some point. Deuteronomy 8.3. Now this is talking about the Lord, and it says, He humbled you. Talking to His children, okay, so that it would be you. He humbled you, causing you to hunger. What? How do you reconcile that with a loving father he caused me to hunger yeah but he did it because he had something better for you causing you to hunger and then feeding you he's saying i had to cause you to hunger because what i have for you is so much bigger than just eating a meal I had to cause you to hunger for something because I had something so much better for you. But we are creatures who love, we love our comfort zone. And so there are moments that he has to create something that makes us uncomfortable in the place that we're usually comfortable because it's only then that we're willing to move out of that into the next thing he has. And he's saying, guys, here's what you, I, I want you to know. It is so much bigger than you think. I've got so much more for you than you can dream of, than you can imagine. I've got so much for you. But right now you're not experiencing it because you don't feel like you have to. You're comfortable. So I'm going to let you hunger and in your hunger, I'm going to show you that I can provide for you in a way. And I will, Lord, I love this. Which neither you nor your ancestors had ever known. He did something for them that nobody had ever experienced on the earth. That's amazing. They had to hunger first. So he could show them that what I have for you is better than what you're living in. To teach you that man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. He said, I did all of this in the physical to teach you that in the spiritual, you live by the word of God. You live by the word of God.
Will you, this is, this is how I want to leave, will you look at your prayers lately? I'm doing the same thing. Will you look into your prayers and your desires and say, are there things that I've been asking God for that he's been holding out an open hand of seed to me? But I don't want seed. I want the full grown thing. And he's saying, if I give you the full grown thing, you're not ready for it. You're not ready for the full grown thing. But I'm going to give you a seed. And in the process of you making the soil what it needs to be, in the process of you putting that seed and that plant in the environment that it needs to be put into for it to grow best, in the process of all of that, when the thing finally gets here, you're going to be ready to enjoy the fruit of it. If I just give you the fruit of it right now, you're just going to waste it. But when you go through the process of growing this thing, by the time it grows, you're going to be ready. He's got, some, he's got some stuff for you guys. When I look into my life, my life has been so far from perfect but it's fulfilled. I've been so far from perfect, but I am so fulfilled. But you got to go back to 21 years old when I learned to start even with, don't give me this thing, I don't understand the Bible. I started with the King James Version. Nobody understands that anymore. You can't even get past the these and the thous and the thuses and the musses to, to, to understand what's all in between. But I just started putting the seed in. I didn't know it. I didn't understand it. But I just started reading it. I'll tell you why I started reading it. Because probably some preacher said you're going to go to hell if you don't. I mean, I got saved. I'm a saved person. Preacher said you're going to hell. So I may have started reading it because I didn't want to go to hell. I don't know. No, I met the love of my life and I wanted to learn more and more and more and more. And I started sowing seed and I've never stopped. I've never stopped. I've blown up my garden a few times. I've allowed it to get full of weeds. But here's what I tell you. Even with the weeds, the Word of God never stopped producing Never. Gang, he has so much for you. And all he's saying is, get this principle because you'll never understand everything I have to teach you. All the rest of this until you get this one parable. Understand the parable of the seed. And the seed is perfect. And it will grow. But there are some things that need to be done. So let's pray. Father, we praise you. We praise you. Oh. My heart is so full of gratitude to you, Lord. My precious friends. all came from the seed the seed of the gospel of the kingdom 
my family, this wonderful church family, my work family, all, Lord, because your seed never stops producing. And all I can do is say thank you. I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you again next week.